Welcome to Beer in a Movie, the podcast where we talk about two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am one of your co-hosts, Carlos Cooper, with me as always, Dave Gurney. And Joe Hilliard. And today we are here to do the unthinkable. We are going to talk about movies while we drink a beer. Uh, <laughs> while we drink a beer. Yeah, oh. you, you kinda, it kind of seemed like you were slipping into... Uh, I hate that you just said that to me because it was not even on... The man is not even on my mind at all. D- despite that, you know, at this point now, he is uh, officially not in the position that he was... It would seem that years. way, but but yeah. No. I mean, I don't know. The, the electoral people did their thing. They did the they, thing. They, they did. They do. did. But the, then the look. Everybody knows. We can see it everywhere. That that it's all just so corrupt. There's so much fraud. Everybody can see it. <laughs> we're gonna get to the bottom of this. Believe me. <laughs> and we're gonna get to the bottom of this beer first, though, before yeah. we even uh, get into any more political impersonations. Please moisten my glass. I cannot do anything until my glass has been moistened. Right, Melania? And I have the wettest glass. <laughs> I have the moistest glasses. We have all the best people on it. Let me tell you. All right. Well, you we, you open that can. I know. Well, I just heard the hint, and I couldn't. Have the, well, so <laughs> I love the fucking. Look of that. Sorry. Yeah, it, lo- it looks tasty. Uh, what looks tasty in Joe's glass uh, that Carlos is commenting on is a beer. I think this might. Ugh, I always say this, and then I'm like, oh, why don't I just do the research before? <laughs> it's probably our first time doing another half beer. I, I don't think, think so. that it is. Yeah. You don't think it I is? I don't think that it is. All right. Is. Well, so keep, keep talking. There's always. debate in the room. Uh, but Other Half Brewery, uh, Brewing out of Brooklyn, New York. Uh, this is their Galaxy Plus Strata. How did I not know that they were out of New York? I don't out know. Out of Brooklyn. That's, huh. I've yeah. had their... I mean, it's anyway. like the hipsters like their juice. So yeah. uh, this is a double dry hopped Imperial India Pale Ale that they make. It's 8.5% alcohol by volume. The hops that are in it are right there in the title. So... Uh, you know, there you go. We're we're gonna get this poured. Uh, as Carlos said, it looks really appealing, really juicy. This is our first time. Oh, shit. all right. Look See, the, now we've certainly had other half beers off mic, but I think oh, yeah. this is the first time on mic. Just like the man I was imitating, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's the case. But uh, you you, uh, you going for a sniff on this yet? Is it? Is oh, the, I tasted uh, it already. Okay. Are you getting uh, juicy aromas in the uh, in the nose as well, or is it just the? Oh yeah, I'm getting. I love the beers that lead on the title of the beer with the hops. Like yeah. like, there's no bullshit marketing here. We didn't come up with a fancy, cute little name. We're not That's knocking true. off any kind of other thing. Yeah, it's Galaxy and Strata. Yeah, yeah. Just like Hobbs and Shaw. Do y'all see? This would have been a better one to pair with Hobbs and Shaw. (laughs) How um, strong do you feel y'all's palettes are on hop characteristics? Can you say, "Oh yeah, that's some Galaxy and Strata right there"? No, not not well. I mean, there there was a time where I I feel like I could pick out some hops when I was doing a little more home brewing, and and I would you know kind of be like I remember Centennial. I think one of the first beers I brewed was pretty much only Centennial hops. And so for a moment there, it seemed like, which if I remember correctly, had kind of more of a piney resinous kind of aroma to them. But, you know, it, it gets lost. Citra, I, kind, I, I feel like I kind of know. I, I feel like uh, Mosaic. Yeah. I've had enough Mosaic beers. That is a, 
a hop, which is actually, I guess, a combination of hops, but it is a combination of hops that gets put in the title of beers, right? Community uh-huh. here it's in Texas. It's just called the Mosaic. Has idea, the Mosaic. Yeah. And, uh, my, that was my go-to beer at Alamo if there hops. was nothing else on the menu that looked good. Yeah. Looked and interesting. Hops and Shaw. Hops. <laughs> Somebody needs to make that beer. Oh, it's got to be made. Well, hops, hops and Grain out of Austin, they also had a pale ale that used it. It was, I think they called it a pale mosaic or or, okay. or maybe just pale mosaic. But uh, anyway, the, I, and I always enjoyed that. So no, I would say like my skills are very low, but there were moments and, and I'm always impressed when people can pick that out. I, I love hearing brewers talk about the hops that they're yeah. choosing. Yeah. I don't, I, de- I definitely can't do it, but I, I feel like at best I can uh, see a can that advertises specific uh, hops and know that like, oh, I, I like beers that are hopped with those things. Yeah. Um, like if I see like an Eldorado, like mm-hmm. double dry, I like Eldorado hops or at least some of the ones that I've had, uh, beers that I've had that use that. Um, I was just curious. Yeah. I definitely couldn't blind taste test it though. Right. Galaxy plus Strata. Here we come. Yeah. So yeah. Th- this will be fun to sip on uh, as we dive into our first film this week. This is an all new release episode which we don't do all that often right our our loyal listeners know that usually we pick a more recent film sometimes we go thematic but if we're going with a more recent film we usually pair it with something from the past that we feel like has kind of a tie to it or or some kind of connection see last week's episode with citizen kane being the paired uh film with mank but uh but this week we kind of felt like we're, we're falling behind and and 2020 has been such a weird year for releases where things kind of seem like they get delayed infinitely and then suddenly just drop somewhere or, you know, what have you. So we felt like we were building up this backlog of films that we needed to uh, or we wanted to take a look at. And, and, and they're also at the end of the year releasing a lot of things. That's right. Mm-hmm. The, the, normally we'd be getting a lot of There releases. were droughts there during the pandemic where there was mm-hmm. just nothing new that we right. cared to see. That's right. when we had a lot of fun. Right. And, yeah. and, and I'm sure we'll have fun again. But... Not this, this episode. Not this week. This week we're doing the hard work no that you pay us episode. to do, Patreon subscribers. So two new movies. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. And and first up, uh, we have a film that uh, I hadn't really heard about until uh, one of our local theaters was playing it. I think it was like maybe a one night only engagement, and, and I saw them kind of pushing it. But it got me to look into it, and I don't know if you guys had already heard about it, but it seemed like one that that got us all going. It's Sound of Metal. Uh, it is uh, starring Riz Ahmed, who some folks may know from his, uh, I know him best from his turn on the HBO miniseries, The Night Of. Uh, he was in Rogue One. I know that maybe you guys have some other roles of his that you remember him from. Nothing. Well, I, I mean, I've seen Rogue One, but I don't remember him yeah, specifically yeah. from it. Uh, but but this you know th- this is him in a lead role I think one of one of his first real oh actually uh, yeah I, I do recognize now that I see a picture of him without the blonde hair and, and not as buff looking right I, right I, I recognize him from Rogue One uh, but but the director here Darius Martyr uh, and I believe he also co-wrote the screenplay with I'm guessing that's his brother Abraham yeah yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the basic premise here is you have a guy who is a drummer for a metal combo. I mean, th- this is a duo. He, he and his girlfriend uh, are in a band together, which 
I'm going to get this out of the way here because I think if I have one criticism for this film, it's that they called the the band Black Gammon. Yeah. And, and I just thought that was like, what what self-respecting metal band would go with the name Black Gammon? But they're, no, you know, let, let's put that aside. Um, but <laughs> but they're touring. The film begins with them touring around the country. And then as uh, they're, you know, sort of um, experiencing that, he starts experiencing hearing loss and suddenly on set yes very sharp onset uh hearing loss and it degrades very very quickly partially because he heeds none of the advice that the doctor gives him and that puts him in a position where he needs to seek help and treatment and he's also a drug addict so he ends up going to sort of a halfway house i guess for people who are learning to cope with deafness while also uh being recovering addicts and that that's kind of the the premise you're seeing this guy go through this process of losing his hearing when hearing would obviously be so essential to the career path yeah i I would just add yeah he's losing everything right right in in the sense of a recovering addict we get the impression that they don't have a lot of money Mm. uh they live in an rv together uh, we get the impression that they're on the break, like like on the cusp of maybe breaking in the in the music world or the metal world. Yeah. And, uh, but then to lose your hearing and not be able to drum when you have so little, it seems else, I mean, it would be a huge crisis of consciousness. I think for right. this character. Yeah, I, they're touring in this like airstream thing, which seems like truly one of the worst decisions that you could make as a touring band the <laughs> amount of money just in gas alone that you're yeah uh, putting into that thing it's i mean i've toured in like a normal size van and like an eight or ten passenger van and that takes up enough gas as it is let alone this massive like home on wheels um yeah the black gammon thing is uh, is weird there's a lot about the music aspect of this part that they just like didn't do that well yeah um i feel uh you mean the representation of their music as a band or just like the like like what david said about no respecting metal band would call themselves that no touring band would have a vehicle that huge because you're already in a lot of cases at that level at least actively losing money on tour let alone not making any money that you're trying to pack as many people in a small vehicle as possible like like bands build like uh lofts in the back so that the gear goes under it and you sleep on top of it. Like that's right. how efficient you're trying to make the use of space because of how tight money is. Yeah. And this thing that they have is insane. Yeah. Um, well, and I get that they th- now, live in it as well. But, right. Well, but I but I was also studio I understand and and not having experienced the intricacies of touring in the way that you you have, uh, it it didn't put me off as much though it did not seem normal because I know enough about touring acts going to live shows that they don't tend to show up in nice outfitted airstreams. But, um, but but the thing that made it make a little bit of sense was the fact that she does come from some money, which, but we don't find out until so much later. No, you're right. We, we only learn later, but then once we do, it's like, Oh, okay. Okay, So she's probably getting kicked some money from daddy. And then you end up with the, I think we're hung up on the van. No, no, no. No, 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 (laughs) There's a lot of more movie here. No, I'm just talking about like, because, and I guess part of why I go into that is because going into this movie, I thought it was a lot more about like the band and the music than it was. Um, in right. fact, I 
I was having a hard time sleeping, and so I watched this at five in the morning, and I was deciding which of the films to watch. I was like, oh, I'll watch this one. Kylie doesn't give a shit about like metal or like, mm-hmm. and not only doesn't give a shit about it, but actively dislikes a lot of like the heavier music I listen to. I'll watch this one and get it out of the way. Right. Turns out it's like barely about that at all, yeah. uh, despite the name. And as I was finishing it, I was like, oh man, she really would have liked this. This is a bummer. Um, and so I don't know. That was kind of strange. Uh, their music was really bad. I agree. Um, it, the way the sound was mixed, I couldn't even hear it that well because it was focused so much on the drums. And which he he took drum lessons for six months before this, and it, later in the film appears to be more competent at it than when he's actually doing the band stuff with her. Yeah, he's just kind of like hitting. There's not a lot of like. There's barely any rhythmic quality to it at all. Yeah, um, which was like I don't know. I had a hard time with that too, but. Hey, there are plenty of shit metal bands out there. There are a lot of shit metal bands. <laughs> I've seen and played with many of them. But um, but yeah, the, the, this movie is not, despite, the, again, I, th- I find the names slightly misleading. Also, also another thing, they very well could have continued to play. Like, there should not have been a problem with her playing to him. Like, that's a very right. viable solution. And her, like... Staunch unwillingness to do that was very bizarre to me, especially if you're playing through a set you've played through so many times before. Like he knows how to play those songs, yeah, and he knows like, like you know, at least he should have a decent enough sense of timing to be able to still keep the similar tempo well, that just, they've been I playing. Just, and she's like, "No, we can't do that. There's no way we yeah, can." And it's yeah, like, yeah, "Yeah, you definitely can do that." I just uh, took that as her as a long term thinker and him as a short term thinker. And, and he's presented as a short-term thinker. Then the short-term solution to his problem is a very expensive pair of uh, cochlear implants. Yeah. But again, this is another... That, that he sneaks away in the dead of night to get... You're trying to steer me away from my point, or from my contention with this film, which I actually really, really like this film. It doesn't sound like I did. But another thing, if you booked a tour, you better go fucking play those shows. Like, mm. there is a sense of, like, obligation to sticking to your word, and, like, people have... Especially, especially again... Especially if you're an up-and-comer. At, yeah, at a band, at a band this size like you're you have another act that's touring with you so you're part usually part of like a package and right. it did seem like they were touring with somebody you have people that are pulling strings to get you into decent clubs to like yeah. try to get you but those are the logistical openers. things that someone in your position know, would know that just like be i about did it. business you know <laughs> anyway uh now all that being said the what this movie is actually about which is somebody <laughs> like at a you know more advanced age having to cope with deafness you know yeah. like it's a lot different being like a smaller child right. having this happen to right. you or he's, being born he's this experienced way. life with full hearing yeah. and and has actually chosen part of his a career yeah. his, and formed his identity around being somebody who works with sound yeah. yeah and and so the process of that along with like the somebody whose like entire world is changing in the snap of a finger basically also being someone who struggles with addiction like that is a very compelling story yeah uh and I thought that it was a really good. Uh, the sound design is fantastic. Yeah, it must get, be. It must be talked about. Yeah, because they're even. Even though I would have somewhat liked it to be more committed to, because uh, I feel like they do it for a little bit where you're hearing what he is hearing, right. and then at a certain point, a muffled kinda, version of what the yeah, yeah. audience is normal norm, you know, is yeah. used to. And then it's it's quickly abandoned at different times, and then brought back mm-hmm. somewhere. Well, it, you know, I, yeah. But I, it's great when it 
it's very effective. I think it's good to have the shifting because of you know it it helps to sort of pull you out of it and it's like okay here here's what the environment is that he's actually in or how you would experience it how somebody with hearing would experience it and now how he now here is how he is experiencing and as, it. And now. as a narrative tool you need the audience to be able to understand the dialogue from mm. time to time. Um, right, the, but the sound design design is 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 incredible. It's to me the the highest point of the film. Uh, it's in a technical achievement. Yeah, uh, it, followed in second place by the um, acting of our lead character, who yeah. I thought did a fantastic job. So, David, when you say, "Do we know his name?" We will. Yeah, he he's incredible in it. Yeah, Olivia Cook, who also was the. Uh, and part of another duo, a leading duo in Thoroughbreds, where she was also the least interesting of the two. <laughs> Her performance is about 45 minutes of furrowed eyebrow and nothing else. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so I, I I agree with you, Carlos, here. I, I did have some issues with her and her performance, and, and maybe how the character was written, too. I think, um, I think part of it is the writing, so I don't want to blame it yeah, all on her. I mean, I, because... I, I totally agree with what Joe said. Riz Ahmed, I think he had already, in my mind, established himself as a great talent, especially with the the series and the night of, mm-hmm. which if you haven't seen, check it out. It's definitely worth your time. Um, but seeing him in this, which is really even more on his shoulders, um, and that it was such a complex kind of portrayal of it, which which I mean. I think one of the things I loved most about this film, and again, this goes to the writing as well as his performance, is how it didn't feel trite to me. As many films about addiction as I've seen oh, yeah. in, in my life. It can get very hackney and cliche yeah. really fast. Yeah, and it didn't. Well, it's and, been and, done so and many it times. And he didn't have like no. the sort of you know cliched relapse. He didn't have... like You it was could all see the struggle. Real. Yeah. You could see the that it had a real yeah. presence in his life, yeah. but it didn't have the same kind of story beats that an addiction story normally does. Yeah. And I think that's amazing that they were able to pull something and, off like that. And even the story beats of like a downtrodden person like tries to find their way in this new world or whatever, because like it's almost even like kind of hinted at a little bit just to kind of be like, eh? Uh, yeah. But like you think he's going to fall in love with this deaf teacher or whatever. Right, right. Like she is so like captivating as an on-screen presence and like charismatic yeah. uh, that it seems so obvious, you know, and you're like, oh man, like, you know, because because at first, at least for me, my like whole thing with the with the movie is like I was like, okay, like they're separating. She seems his uh, his partner Lou seems like pretty eager to get away from him, you know. Well, like, that's that's which was strange, and because yeah. she was, I mean, she was like, okay, I, uh, there's a fight out there, boom, gone, no yeah. hesitation, and his like desperation to like try to get some kind of like guarantee from her that their relationship will be intact once he's adjusted um leads the audience to believe that she is when when he does find her again she will have been utterly and completely moved on from from him and that happens a little bit not a lot i mean she is completely different the next time that he sees her but she is still trying to hold on to the relationship just as much as he is in fact spoiler alert he's the one that kind of like lets her go out of it he like realize he can see it in her that yeah this this isn't gonna be like a thing that we continue doing right um and so you at first you think that's what's going to happen, and then he's going to be like devastated, and then he's going to relapse, and then we're going to get into all the trite stuff, yeah, yeah. and then 
but then in the you know the middle of kind of having those expectations this like deaf woman who's like a teacher comes along and you're like oh i don't know they may be they might be vibing yeah is he is he gonna be the one that's like okay like i'm deaf now i'm with this deaf woman Sorry, Lou. I can put my drum class skills to work here for the goodness of the entire deaf community. It it did not give us any of that. And none of those things happen, which I really like. Yeah, because there is a version of this film that you can predict every beat of the entire way through, and they avoided all of those things Mm -hmm. masterfully. And again, you know, we talked last week. Uh, about Citizen Kane getting three snoozes out of me. Uh, I, <laughs> Carlos Dozoffs. I, I, yeah, Carlos Dozoffs, thank you. Uh, I watched this movie at 5 a.m. Not once did I yeah. wow. even get close to falling asleep. Like it had, <laughs> you didn't fall asleep wait, during the so movie wait, wait, you no, were no, reviewing. No, no, I'm, just, I'm, I'm saying that as somebody who has a reputation of that happening, the fact that A, I have that reputation, and B, I watched it at such a ludicrous hour, mm-hmm. yet even at such a ludicrous hour, I was fully captivated is, the entire way through i was like that's high praise i was <laughs> this movie will keep you up at 5 a.m i was locked in yeah. in a way that even even in movies that i do like sometimes doesn't like and again it's, i feel like i'm gonna start like repeating things that we've already said but it's but it's because of riz's performance and the sound like the world that they create you mm-hmm. are just in that world yeah you're not like what you're not watching it it like envelops you in this mm. narrative and this like person's journey in the world in which he has found himself in in a way that and it brings up so many questions like the phenomenology of it all like because of that sound design i i feel like even if you weren't somebody that already thinks about these things that you know when things start getting muffled and and, and especially once he gets the implants it really like brings up all these questions of like what what is like the experience of like just dead ass not being able to hear anything at all ever right, like right. that i can't imagine yeah you know like yeah and then well it creates desperate states uh, yeah and, and then, he plays them des- desperation very very well at the pharmacy at the yeah, doctor's yeah. office it's never and whenever he's trying to get money to get his rv back and stuff which is another point which i don't know if like i don't know if they're really trying to do anything here necessarily or if anybody else really put a lot of thought into this but like Joe making him leave, like, that's a very interesting moral quandary to me if you are in Joe's position of, mm. like, this, like, having to make that decision of telling somebody who has, like, absolutely nothing and nowhere to go. Right. That he's just got to leave, you know? Right. For the, be- you know, it's it's the, it's the switch on the train tracks argument, yeah. you know, do you redirect the train to kill one person instead of 10 or whatever, you know, right. like you're still killing right, somebody right, and you're right. still making the decision to kill somebody. But, uh, that whole thing is like, man, could, if I were that guy, could I do that? Like, could yeah. I make that decision? Well, I think in that business, it's part of the job. I mean, it, it comes with it's the It's gotta be tough though. You know? Well, it's, yeah. I mean, th- this is something where I don't feel like I'm in touch enough with, deaf culture or the deaf community if the if, and we should say that a lot a of these people are are deaf that right are the, like the actress who plays the character and i'm trying to remember it was uh diane hawks stuff diane no the one who, the one who he almost has the relation like you get a glimmer of they're going to be a relationship She's the teacher, the teacher right. i never got that notion by the way i did yeah, there was definitely there was definitely and, and what's crazy about that I, I i read into that woman she was 
born deaf. Yeah. And I didn't be, realize she was deaf. Be, yeah. yeah. The like, teacher. Ac- the teacher. Yeah. Actually right. deaf, born deaf, uh, got into theater at like a school for the deaf or whatever. Got into hip hop. She was like a hip hop dancer. A de- yeah. How do you like the, the I have percussion? Questions about I mean, that you, too. The, like, well, I, he I was pounding out the beat on the on, on the, the slide. slide. I know and, that there is a certain degree of being able to feel. Well, there's sound is a I, physical thing. Wh- but one ah, of the few things crazy, I've man. seen on a news piece on there was a deaf percussionist in some symphony orchestra. This was probably like 20, 30 years ago. I remember seeing her profile that was probably 60 minutes. And it was amazing. She, you know, she played the timpani and it was like, she, or is that, is that plural? Is it tympanum or something? No, anyway, it's, 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 it's the same. Okay. Ways, yeah. So, but, but she's playing it and that she was a could, band. Okay. And she could tell because of like the throbbing, the pulsing of the orchestra, like the vibrations, sure. she could crazy. feel the vibrations and, and play the notion along of with that. losing a sense perhaps heightens the, the other right, senses. Right. That that the human that, has yeah. the ability to evolve. But, the, that but then that even gets into more. And, and again, this is just like, I guess, this is the way my brain works, and I, uh, people may have not even thought about this at all watching this. But I re- then it's like, what is that experience like? You know, yeah. like that's. Cr- I mean, it's crazy to, th- and it's crazy to think about, too. Like, um, like when he's driving. Like I was freaked out when yeah. he was driving, and she was asleep. You know? Yeah, <laughs> Lewis, I thought the same thing. Lewis they had like to, totally chill. Did like, they have with, a discussion about the yeah, fact that you're deaf and that's driving? Crazy! <laughs> like that seems so. I mean, but I, know, I don't know if the deaf deaf people drive okay. for sure. Yeah. but yeah. also like, huh. you know, I don't know if a deaf person drives the day they lost their hearing right, and immediately right. is like at night, long cross country road trip. Yeah. Really, well, fucking it, another the, indication that he was trying to keep what they had the same and she knew that it would never be the same not their relationship but the band and all of it i also love okay this is the one part of like the music aspect of it that they got right was her going on to be a solo electronic noise artist yeah 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 Uh, even though we never hear her music i'm assuming we just see the video yeah like her with some pedals and like on the floor like the uh this like electron like drum machine thing and yeah. then like a, a modular synthesizer right. with all the patch cables and stuff yeah. and she's just like, ah, like you know you can tell that she's just making fucking racket you know hey. which is I, like I felt- exactly what you would do in her position <laughs> I felt this movie was good not great I thought uh. it had I thought it had great elements we've listed them already I should apologize for saying racket because Kyle is a noise artist. <laughs> well, but that's all right. I mean, if you, you're making noise. You're ma- I mean, it's not I actual, like noise. It's not actual racket. Yeah, yeah. I like noise. We've all and, listened to Murs. And there is, <laughs> we all have. <laughs> Maybe not Joe in this room, but, but Carlos and I have. And, and I listen to plenty of things that are that I would consider straight up racket. Because sometimes I'm in the Pharmacon. mood to hear straight up racket. Yes, yeah. Pharmacon, absolutely. Uh, but, but but Joe, Joe you're, you're sorry. Saying, no, it's okay. I, it's, I had to. I had it's to, one of those nights. I had to apologize. To it's Kyle. fine. Um, good, not great. Uh, the sound of metal to me is an on the nose uh, nod to the bo- the little boy at the top of the slide and him at the bottom of the slide finally communicating and him mm-hmm. having like a light bulb moment where he then becomes a better human. And learn sign language in a day or two. <laughs> and there's some funny time stuff in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there is. And um, it, which gave me it pause. gave me the only feeling of the after school special montage where the guy's gonna get his shit together. Yeah, and 
And to him, that's the cochlear implants. To him, that's selling everything he owns. Yeah. To, well, to, thinking to, to he'll be able to get it them, back. To get back yeah. what he had and get back to where he was. Right. And by the time he gets there, nothing is the same. You can't right. go back to where you were. Right. And it, it was good. It was yeah. above average. Not great, but you can see glimpses of greatness where there's a lot of filmmaking uh, folks here that I want to pay attention to as they continue their careers. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I will go ahead. You should see it. You should see the film. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah. I definitely feel that way. I do think it is a film that kisses greatness. Uh, mainly. <laughs> I like that. Mainly on the back of Riz Ahmed's performance. Because I do think there are some of these flaws with like, I think with a little more background research, they could have nailed the underground metal touring scene more. And that, that obviously wasn't their preoccupation. That isn't what dr- drove them. It's to not a large story. part of the film. Um, but it's there in the title. Sure. And, and I feel like even if they had just paid a guy like Carlos 50 bucks to be a consultant on the script, they, they probably could have gotten a, a better quality. Or maybe, would he maybe, take it for 50? Maybe, maybe actually Josh DeLeon would have been a better oh, guy. That's, but, good, you that's know, a good point. Um, but, you know, br- bring in somebody who knows a little bit more of the touring scene and how a band like that actually exists. Um, I think writing maybe the, the Lou character a little better and, and fleshing that out a little bit more could have helped. But really, like, the story of a guy yeah. who... The specificity of a guy who makes his living on sound, losing his access to sound, is heartbreaking and gut-wrenching on its own. But then that it sort of becomes also this story for anybody in life who has, you know, circumstances shift and you're not able to shift to it and you're just stuck in the old model and you can't get yourself away from it and you think, oh, I'm going to return to that glory. I'm going to be the high school football hero. I'm going to be whatever. Like the person who's just attached to that past version of themselves that yeah. no longer exists. It's it's a kind of tragedy that, yes, it has the specificity, but it also kind of maps to yeah. so many other things. So I don't, I found it, and, and his performance just carried it over the goal yeah. line where, I came away feeling like that I, I thought it was a pretty incredible film. Yeah, I think it could have I think it could have been made better, but I think it was pretty incredible. Very as it was. very persuasive. I, I wouldn't disagree with anything you just said. Yeah, I, other than like some of the authenticity. Well done, sir. <laughs> other than some of the authenticity of like some of the band stuff, I don't know that there's a lot that I would change about it. I really liked it. Yeah. Um and I, even I mean, not that this is any fucking surprise to anybody who listens to this podcast at this point. Even though it was a little corny, I love when he takes the implants off. Yeah. At the end. It's so good. Well, it's that just was like an, one I of mean, those it, like really cathartic moments where you're like, yes, guy, you like are. There's a theory that, that, that thing, and they say it in the film, it's very, it's very telegraphed, actually, that uh, we do not, Joe, the leader of the, um, Rehab slash yeah, deaf yeah. community. <laughs> no, his name was Joe, and every time he said it, I perked up. Um, <laughs> They're talking to me. <laughs> this film's so immersive. Um, th- oh, fuck, I lost my train of thought. Uh, was, so th- are you gonna, were you going to speak to him saying that deafness it isn't like a deficiency? Yeah, it's a, you yeah. can't be here. Yeah, because you. Do not accept the philosophy that we do not think of deafness as, as a disability right. and it's something that should be fixed. Yeah. Right. And and he comes around. Well. A little bit. Well, you get a hint. There's a theory, yeah. though, that these things, rather than disabilities, can be superpowers. Imagine the ability to sit there 
in that noise scape of the urban setting that he was in and just literally turn it off. Not with headphones, not with yeah. white noise machine that I have an ability that no one has where I can take my cochlear implant magnet thingies off and just okay, enjoy yeah, the yeah. silence. And that to me, David, to, with mm. respect to the thesis that you just delivered that was fantastic that I hope does convince people to watch the film because they should, is so on the nose to me. He got there. He got there. See, that's what I was saying. Is I think we get a moment. I think we get a glimpse whether or not he's going to fully lean into that uh-huh. and it's going to become his new uh-huh. identity. It's the or spinning top of be, the movie. It's hard, yeah, I mean, I think... But not, oh, it, this movie's is, bullshit. Is it didn't go there. It, I, I don't go yeah. there with it. I'm just saying... It sounded like you said... I think given, given how many cliches it avoided yeah. up anyway. until then, I'm happy to let it have that moment and I think it was handled nicely. Because it made so, me feel nice. We talked well, so long on. about this movie, it's got to be worth seeing. It's definitely worth seeing. Um for sure. Uh, there are a couple of uh, critical responses that I want to talk about. One, oh, one, uh, no. no, no, no. One, one, because I think it's it's a very uh, succinct way of d- saying. Well, Dude, the oh, only oh, critics that matter are in this room right now. That's, that's right. right. That's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> Roger Ebert didn't talk about Pauline Kael. Go ahead. <laughs> this guy from New York Magazine, Bilge Abiri. I okay. think uh, the movie may be stylized. Wallace's grandson, I believe. Yes. The, what, the movie may be stylized, but it's not ostentatious. The universe feels lived in and authentic. And I, I agree with the part about it feeling lived in. I thought that that was a very good way of describing like the world in which they created. Now, here's one that I'm going to say, and I don't want us to try to answer it, but I just want everyone that's listening to think about this because I don't understand it at all. Uh, but Amy Nicholson, who I've talked about on the show, or who I've <laughs> quoted before said uh this was uh back in 2019 when this film premiered at toronto international film festival uh sound of metal is blank and quickly synopsized still working out how i feel about the point where it turns into an episode of black mirror but glad to see riz ahmed in a leading role i don't know what that means I don't watch Black I Mirror. I didn't get any Black well, Mirror Black vibes Mirror, from this Black movie. Mirror is always about how does technology get pushed into some territory that just fucks up humanity. I mean, that's basically like every every time, right? It's like some something. So like that, I'm yeah. guessing it's got to be with the cochlear implants that they don't actually fix things, but they kind of allow him to have some semblance of hearing. Yeah. Maybe, but that's not. But that's not Black Mirror. Yeah, I mean, but that's the closest I could do. Anyway, so here I am trying to answer a question you didn't want to answer. All right, all right. What do we think about this beer? I'm going to say about this beer what Joe said about the film. It's good, but it's not great. Ooh, I'm I'm going to say what I said about this film about this beer. I I think the film I think the beer works on two levels. (laughs) There's the specificity of the Galaxy plus the Strata, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but then there is just the general enjoyment that I'm having that this is a Darn yeah. fine, yeah. double dry hopped, yeah. double India Pale Ale. I'm, Maybe I'm so I'm horny for a good IPA <laughs> because of all the sours that we've. Well, been that's drinking. it. We've been on a sour kick, so I think it's nice to have just like a rock solid, you exactly. know, DDH Imperial IPA. Yeah, I, I'm going to disagree again, Carlos, and say what I said about the film, and that is that. Uh, no, I can't think of anything at all. This isn't the after-school special version of the uh, uh, of a hard story. This is just a dang fine double dry-hopped IPA. The, I'm glad we had the conversation up top about the being able to pick out different yeah. hops because I can't say this is a fine Galaxy Strata, Strata IPA, right? but I can say that 
I'm enjoying this very, very much. Yeah, I mean, it's more juicy on the nose it is. than it was in the flavor. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. But I mean, I was enjoying, and I drank my share of it. And the eight point five is hitting me exactly where I needed to probably be hit. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty yeah, happy. I'm with, with it. you on that one. All right. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about the next movie. I'm very, very excited. Yeah, it's only been about an hour since you finished watching it, right? Yep. All right. Well, we've got another. Uh, steaming hot, new steaming release. hot new release that I think will uh, provoke just as much uh, discussion as Sound of Metal did. When Maybe we more. Maybe more when we return. I was trying oh, to distract. That was a long heart. con. It's like, uh, do you understand how long of a con that whole conversation was? I was trying I to keep now. it from pushing I the now. button. Damn it! Now. Okay, now I got to lay low. Simultaneous. I can't even try to do it for three or four weeks now. Damn it! Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm the one. I'm the one. Yeah, with your finger the on the button. button. I'm the one that pushes the button. <laughs> I thought he was out of here. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Thank I, you. Thank uh, you. <laughs> I'm a little flummoxed now. <laughs> Uh, you have a hard job ahead of you. Uh, yeah, I don't remember what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing. Okay, we're gonna get I some know. beer in our glass. Some That's beer, right. yeah, yeah. And before Let's we stick talk to the format, before stick to the we format. talk about this movie, I'm gonna say we are a spoilers podcast. But I believe the viewers of this, the listeners of this podcast, should not view, should not listen to us before they watch this film. This film is best served Ooh. without any knowledge about it whatsoever. I very strongly agree with that premise. In fact, but don't turn us off. The only well, no. If you haven't seen it, pause it, go watch it, and come back. There you go. And, no, and I don't want to get us off track. We got beer, um, big black beer coming out. <laughs> that's it's <laughs> correct. Uh, I I know we're supposed to be do the beer first, but I the only thing I knew about this movie going in was that it was a 2020 release with Aubrey Plaza in the lead. Uh huh. And she and was, that's all you needed. And, and to she know. That, and she was correct. off. And she was off character. I, I, I read that too. That okay. she, this is not her typical. See, I didn't read anything. Huh. I didn't watch the yeah. trailer. I just saw people posting like the poster for it, or like you know whatever there were images from, like promotional images being shared uh-huh. on various social networks. And I was like, this looks interesting. Have uh, we said Black Bear yet? Yeah, the movie's Black okay. Bear. You read it in the title. And there's but, a big black beer. And there's a big black beer. That David is struggling to get open because it is wax. It's got wax cap. Yeah, yeah. and so this is the the beer that I'm struggling to open is uh, Deschutes Brewery. This is not our first Deschutes. Eight five, maybe eight five in the first. Uh, This is their Black Butte, which is a beer that they do annually. Uh, This is an ale that I, I think it may change, but. What I have in my hand is the 27th birthday reserve. It is an ale brewed with rose water, 50% aged in bourbon barrels, blended with ale with apricot puree, cocoa nibs, pomegranate molasses, and spices. Oh, my God. It is 11.6% and at least four years old at this point. So that is a blend. And and you you mentioned we're going to do two things. We're going to put some rose... What was it? Rose water over in this one, and right. pomegranate over here. Mm. Mix them together. Yeah. And these um, annual releases that the big breweries do. I know that Bourbon County just came out and got all of the press. 
Oh, yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah, fuck it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to tee us I mean, up for a little conversation here. No, about, I mean, uh, fuck Bourbon County. Yeah. Uh, I know St. Arnold. If you, if, Saint Arnold. if you are a Patreon subscriber, Woo! you know fuck Bourbon County, for me at least. St. <laughs> Arnold does... Uh, the, the Pumpkinators. St. Arnold does, uh, is I think, one, the first or second place in the amount of times we've had their brewery out of Houston. Right, they right. do the Bishop's Barrel. They do Bishop's the... Barrel's I mean, good. and then, of course... Did you read this? Uh, I didn't read the whole paragraph, but I read the bottom. Yes, the, what you're you looking the at there. Bourbon I read the Barrel's that. Bar. Yes, yeah. Twenty uh, seventh anniversary Imperial Porter. Fancy. Give it to me. So anyway, oh, yeah. Fuck that conversation. Now this is. Know I, I'm sorry, I we we know that I, you, loyal listeners will know that I, I've generally soured on the uh, well, soured not in a good way. Uh, the, on the aging of beers, but this is one of those yeah. holdovers, a beer that's been in my uh, cabinet for, or yep. cellar, yeah, for, for a while, uh, finally getting it out. I'm smelling soy sauce on the nose already, so not too bad, but, but too I'm bad. getting a hint. So j- just just to buckle up here, you know, get get ready. All right. Uh, hold on, hold on. You're smelling soy sauce. Is that a common term that I should understand, or you're literally oh, smelling I, the scent as, of soy no, sauce? As, like, Imperial Stouts age, yeah. the, the, one of the bad things that tends to happen to them is that they kind of go in this direction, and I, I think it may have to do with the oxidization that, that happens, sure. that it just trends towards having a soy sauce quality. Which would be like a high vinegar, maybe? Mm. You don't remember More like me, an umami, like salty weirdness. You don't remember me mentioning that? Uh, in one of the bonus ones, I was talking about that peanut butter temptress that tasted like straight soy sauce. Yeah, yeah. Tell us when you get on one of your five, ten minute monologues, I'd zone out. And if you said it, I didn't hear it. And I, especially if it's in after hours I, and you've yeah, had already. I understand that. Yeah. I tune myself out yeah. a lot of the time. Well, That's why I never remember what I said to people about things. I don't um, think I survived. <laughs> so we, Black Bear. Yeah, we're talking about Black Bear. Thank you, Joe. Um, one thing that I find interesting about this movie is the drastically varying synopses for it. Um, I, so, was gonna, I was going to challenge you both to give a spoiler-free couple-sentence synopsis. I don't think you can do it. I think that I can. But before I do that, I want to say that whenever, you know, I went to go put this on or whatever, I rented it. It was like six bucks or whatever. And and then uh, I, lo- I went to IMDb to look up because this girl, Sarah Sarah Gadden, I thought it was Gordon for some reason. Sarah Gadden looked really familiar. And so I went to IMDb, and the movie had like just started. I think I think we were still in the 14 studio credits that this movie had, uh, <laughs> the opening for it. Uh, and, of course, I'm doing this on IMDb because I'm looking at the cast and whatnot. And IMDb describes it as a filmmaker at a creative impasse seeks solace from her tumultuous past at a rural retreat only to find that the woods summon her inner demons in intense and surprising ways like that. Yeah. That's totally, that's a horror. That's totally misleading. About? Yeah, that's a horror. Movie. It's a horrible, well, it's a horrible synopsis for it too, because she doesn't really go into the, no, it's not. Yeah, that's there not. are woods around. She goes sure, to the lake. But she, yeah, she goes to the to lake. To me, that's evidence of my challenge and it's difficult to synopsize well, so, without giving anything away. And so, uh, the, and, Fuck you, Jeff Bezos. But the Amazon Prime video synopsis is better. And it says, At a lake house, a filmmaker plays a calculated game of desire and jealousy in the pursuit of a work of art that blurs the boundaries between autobiography and invention. Okay. That is a good synopsis. A, a lot of words, but it's not a sexy synopsis that's going to make n- anyone want to watch it's it. It's not a sexy syn- s- synopsis. But it is synopsis. But it is an effective one. Yeah. Mm. No, it's, it's accurate. Yeah. 
And now having said that, I don't think that I can come up with a better one. Uh-huh. I don't think that I would attempt now having read that one. This episode like brought one. to you by Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I th- I didn't know who was going to synopsize it, so I had began trying to prepare. If it fell on me, yeah. Listen, uh, it's I, I think I think the okay, film is about the. the Joe's I want to dive told, straight. Joe's into. already told people to yeah. uh, pause or you yeah. know come back to it after yeah. they've watched it. So let, let's not be let's not be uh, spoiler free here. You know, the problem in synopsizing it is that this is two stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is very well, clearly two stories. Uh-huh. It's not though. Two parts. Okay, then Carlos. It's, take us take us through how this is not two stories. The film is an examination of the um, fine line that cr- artists uh, balance on between how much of their actual lives are being represented in their art. I sure, but I don't know what the fuck just I will, happened. In the I movie. will agree with that about the second story, but tell me how that makes the first story. The first story, I think, is like a. Uh, it is a representation of like some, the kind of work they would make, or it can be, or it could be interpreted as like this is like the real life version of what happened, and then it is being interpreted in this other way, and then we're seeing mm. the f- making of the fictionalized version okay, of it I, in the second half. Let that me, was my interpretation. Let me give it a whack. It's a two part film. It, there are title cards that yeah. say part one, part two. Mm-hmm. In part two. Aubrey Plaza plays an actress that they're making a director. Fi- no, Wait, no, in the second, two. it's part two. I'm doing part two first. Oh, that yeah. makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. In part two, Aubrey Plaza plays an actress uh-huh. in a film yeah. at a house on a lake. Yeah. Uh, that's the location of the film. Right. It's a, um, and a love triangle relationship. Her though. husband, the director, is very emotionally manipulative as a director with the other actress to cause her to be able to, to give a very raw emotional Believable performance. Believable performance. He's a real fucking cunt. Right. <laughs> In part one, it's the same three principal actors, Aubrey yeah. Plaza, her husband, who is now in part one. Christopher Abbott, who the, was in Possessor. From Possessor. Yeah. And he was also in Vox Lux, which we did on this show. Yeah. Right. He's the husband of the other actress in the part two right it, though she's not now, an actress no, 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 and he's no, no, not a director nope, but Wait, no, it, but in the in part one these are real people we are to believe that are uh, have invited aubrey plaza to their home or aubrey plaza has booked I think, their home on, i think i think i think this guy is just too much I, shit. I think this guy confusing no so <laughs> oh, of course it did <laughs> christopher okay christopher it. abbott plays gabe sarah gadden plays blair and uh-huh. aubrey plaza plays allison in the first part allison is a director no movie being made. she is an she is an actor who is turned director who is, turned who is director. feeling like she's at an impasse but but she needs goes this to, retreat at the lake yeah she goes to this place where reuben and blair are in some kind of relationship and blair is pregnant with Ruben's. Uh, or gabe sorry uh reuben was from Sacramento. yeah you're right uh, uh <laughs> now this is getting confusing now, yeah sorry <laughs> christopher abbott's character gabe and blair are yeah. in a relationship blair's pregnant with Gabe's right, uh, right. child, yeah. um, there's no film being made. Right. There is just, it's just an, we're a, watching a, a narrative. A director trying to possibly find some inspiration yes. yeah. to making a film. Second part, Gabe and Allison are married. Uh-huh. She is the actress in his film. Gabe is the director. Right. And Blair is just an actress who's being used as this puppet so that Gabe, the director can be a fucking cunt to his wife, Allison. Right. Who is playing. Well, get she's, a believable she's also part. in the film. Yes. And but that, to yeah. get a believable, whatever mm-hmm. uh, that now that part really to go back to more beer in a movie mythology, uh, is very interestingly 
uh, parallel to someone like Yodorowsky, who has a very notorious reputation for manipulating and abusing mm. people in his films in order to get believable performances out of them. Um, but let's just say what this movie is, and it is Lawrence Michael Levine, the director, director writer, writer of it, speaking on his uh, relationship with his own wife, with, Sophia Takal, well, but, who he's made multiple films with and who they've had very tumultuous, yeah, relationship yeah. movies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Right. <laughs> I mean, okay. no, they, but you're right, right? I mean, this but is, here's the thing. I don't know any of those names. None of that matters to me. I felt... Well, that, I mean, if you look into his... I was saying, I watched, I finished this movie 30 minutes before we recorded. I haven't okay. had the opportunity to research a thing. The so, second that I finished it, I looked him up in his past uh-huh. films, and I saw Gabby on the Roof in July, yeah. which co-stars, which he is in, he put yeah. himself in it, with Sophia, who the film is for, Black Bear. It yeah. says at the end, for Sophia, before right. really any of the credits roll. Right. And so instantly, you know, like, oh... That was a, autobiographical. That was a bad experience for them, and it has been interpreted into. Well, this film. Y- y- yes, I don't. My guess is that probably things with them have never gotten quite as bad as they do in that second part of the film, or maybe even the first part of the film. But that he wanted to explore that dynamic yeah. in in this story that he's telling. But Joe, I'm curious. Let, before we kind of go, because I feel like we've already sort of poisoned the the well here. You I disagree. I barely who scratched didn't, the surface this movie. Well, but I'm saying Joe hadn't looked into it at all. Sure. Like, what, oh, okay. what's your reaction as like the babe in the woods who just wanders into this strange? Film? I had an epiphany during this movie. Okay, and that is is that I approach films too academically at the beginning, and I don't allow myself to allow the experience to envelop me. Okay, and at the beginning of this movie, especially not at the beginning, because it's almost at the halfway point that the two parts are mm-hmm. two separate hours. Yeah. When that happened, and then you see the conceit, the conceit is developed of now, oh, oh, we just watched them making the movie of this. No, 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 that's not what it is, because all the characters are flipped. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's this very is very confusing. I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out. Then, the climax of the film, there's two climaxes of the film, but the first climax of the film is Audrey, Aubrey, sorry, Plaza getting drunk on scene getting last night up. last night of shooting she drinks a gallon of whiskey it is and obs- okay whatever it's an absurd amount of alcohol to the fact that it's like how are you standing alive yeah um but when she delivers that performance and then you see the climax of all of the manipulation that's been referred to in the second half and then the reaction this movie's a mindfuck in a way that I had hoped uh, the Kaufman film that... Uh, I'm that we, thinking of anything. Uh, I'm thinking of anything. I wish that it would have been. Huh? This, well, movie this movie's is such a pretzel, cinnamon roll mindfuck <laughs> that I'm... A lot of words. Well, I'm getting back to Mank. Uh, it's, it's a callback. Uh, okay. Go listen to last week's episode and you'll get the whole thing. Um, that I can't wait to A, watch it again, and B, dive into that inter- internet research that I haven't had the time to huh. do. Yeah, uh, Interesting. Yeah, I, so the difference... Above average, not great. We'll get there in a second, maybe. The difference between this and I'm thinking of ending things is this film is entertaining. Mm. And I'm thinking of ending things Aww. is... It, but, this, but, but, but this isn't a bad thing. I'm thinking of anything as a good movie, and I liked it, but it's not like like when Kylie and I were watching this movie, 
and stuff is going on in the first part of it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with all of the different people and the arguments and then the um, Gabe being this like meninist, like anti-feminist, like mm. fucking shitbag and all the and things are things are getting more and more tense and then they're swimming in the thing even though it's like cold in the lake even yeah. it's cold outside but it's warm in there apparently i don't know uh you're like okay somebody's gonna fucking die who's gonna kill them what is ha- like uh-huh. somebody is gonna get murdered here right. like, you, it has you don't set of- movies at a lake house with and, nobody around oh, the, 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 but no, it has it's a all- horror score the, yeah, the movie this has is a the lodge yeah. we're watching the lodge again <laughs> oh, right. so, oh, well especially no, when i read that no. um imdb synopsis there's some fucking force in the woods it's gonna come out and do something exactly in bear form i hope yes anyway. ideally but there's <laughs> the bear do, does show up but it's just it's so fucking tense yeah and it is and so, it amplifies and, and it's so like it amplifies be, and amplifies and amplifies but also because the plot isn't so straight ahead the way that it would be in like a horror movie where you know somebody's gonna die or whatever it's mm-hmm. you're wondering is this a, a play on a, on the horror genre? Is this a thriller? Is this what is going on here? What is happening? Like, because I knew so little about it going in that first part, I'm, I was very on edge the whole time, and I was like, "Whoa, okay, something fucked up is going to happen." And it's all I'm sorry, Carlos. And the scenario makes no sense. It's a weird it, scenario. It's a married what? couple. I'm talking about part one. It's a married They're couple not married, who, have, but yes, whatever. Yeah, uh, you're right. Partnered. Uh, that that take in a lodger. Yeah. Where Stop there's in, the instant flirtation, instant connection, instant kismet Instantly. between her and the guy. And so it's all leading you to believe that they're going to fuck, no doubt. Well, and Christopher Abbott is a, in both parts is very cunty. And so like you know <laughs> that he's a shitbag. And like when a character is that overtly unlikable but i think it's a something false something bad's gonna happen but it's a false uh overtness it's 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 not the part one he's bad part of uh, david I, I, i'm about to go to you i promise part one is the most confusing part after you watch part two and i, I know I, we'll interpret huh. i hope we'll interpret See, in i a don't second, know if i believe that i didn't i i did not feel confused by the first part no, the, I, i'm talking about the connection of the relationship what are we seeing? We're seeing two versions of the same thing. I, yeah, I disagree still. Okay, you're, th- so you're saying that once you see the second part, you're wondering what the first part well, is I about. Well, I think the order of the film makes us believe that the climax is the second part. So what were we watching? Right. And I don't, before I begin interpreting, I, really, I don't think you've been able to really take a bite. This yeah. film is very meta. That's oh, absolutely. It. That word is I in mean, every single review, I'm sure. I mean, the, the the second half of this film is so clearly... I mean, hey, come on. We only review films about filmmaking on this podcast. <laughs> well, at least the last couple weeks, we only review films about filmmaking. Yeah, so, this was right up Joe's alley. I know, I was going to say. Like, oh, movies, I enjoyed that if, so If Joe much. has an alley, we pried it open and we crammed our fist of love up there. It's <laughs> oh, just, God, it feels I mean, great. Yeah, I mean... This is, <laughs> Luckily, I'm drinking at 11.2. I'm wide open. <laughs> But no, the the, the truth is, uh, it's like a second episode already. <laughs> well, this is our second half. You know what I mean? Like where the, the roles that we had in the first half are being changed. That's right. As yeah. we speak, you didn't right like now. this movie. You did, no, 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 okay. no, 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 no. So, let me. I like the movie. I like the movie. I question some of what, some of the choices made, but I like uh, name I like name a couple, going on. Name a couple. Not to challenge okay. you, I, I might agree with you. So, I'm. This is how I interpret the film, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having seen it now and and knowing and I did know who Lawrence Michael Levine. I've seen Gabby on the rooftop in July. 
I've seen his his wife. We get it, David. You're well, we're well versed in film. Continue. I'm just saying, his wife Sophia Tikal, I think, is an even greater talent than she him. She did the Black Christmas remake last uh, year. Yeah, she did, which I still haven't seen, uh, but I, but I need to see I it. Either. We'll talk about it in the bonus episode. Well, there you go. And uh, but she was in All Christmas the Light in the Sky, up. which is a Joe Swanberg film I loved, and 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 she was really good in that. Um, was that the one he came here in? Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. So, you know, anyway, so, so I know these people, and, I, and so I found it kind of intriguing. But watching the film, like, the first part works well enough as it is, as a sort of small-scale relation, relationship drama I, taking place at a lake with these weird hints towards thriller, horror, with what, with what you think might unfold. I definitely thought someone was going to murder somebody else. Yeah, I thought something was going to come in there. But then where it went, I was actually even happier with where it just becomes like a really, really, really darker, intense relationship drama, including a miscarriage that's probably happening that turns into a car accident. I mean, like, that that's all, like, pretty brutal stuff yeah. that, that it builds to. And I knew there was an hour left in the film and it goes to black. I'm like, where the fuck are they going right, to take this? Right, right. Exactly. So that, okay. But th- then the switch goes and then you go into the second story of the film, which is more a behind-the-scenes, the making of a film like that film that we just watched unfold. To, com- to comment on the switch very quickly... Uh, I think I think he I, I think Levine realized what a good shot that was of Abraham sitting the on the dock or yeah, whatever everything's great but she just wanted red, to be able to keep showing it milked it, it. yeah it's, he wow. does it like five times yeah anyway, it's, it's a, great a good shot. shot it's a good shot um, so so to me you know the film he decided to make this as you know part A or whatever part you know part one part A however we think about it as just a film, a film that we all experience as it is. And maybe that gives us hints that it's going to turn into something that it doesn't quite, but then it turns into something else, but it's a film. And then the second part is like this, almost like a reflection on the film, taking us behind the scenes of a making of a film like that film, but not that film. And that's where I'm, I'm wondering what is gained in doing that switch from have the same actors playing characters with the same names but with different relationship dynamics playing out in that second part and that's what i still haven't quite wrapped my head around is did he gain something in doing that because could that not have just been a switch to seeing us having them make that film that was happening in the first part well the difference would be i guess well the one that they might focus on would be the is it blair what what was the blair's the blonde right that it would be the Blair character who would be more the tortured actress who was getting, you know, sort of manipulated by the director who I get, I don't know. It, so that's where I'm left with this question. I like the film. I like it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It's kept me thinking about it since I've watched it, but I'm still not sure that I understand why we would want to put these two things together the way that they were put together. I think that the choice to keep the same actors with the same name is, I don't know, I think it's very, I, I really liked it because it's, it's jarring in, the, in a way that benefits the film, I feel, and making you really stop and like reassess like what's going on and how it's all, because, and I think also because the character's there are certain personality traits that carry over from each part. Like the film being presented in the order that it's in, 
is in the first part that's as you said like a more like this is the movie and then here's behind the thing or whatever mm-hmm. um aubrey plaza as allison talks about how she stopped getting work because right. she was so difficult right. and then she proves to be the D- most difficult person of all time on a set of a film and um and then i think even to like um there there even is some kind of carryover with her as a director and the way that she talks about her work in the first one that is then in Gabe, which I don't know. I guess I don't really That's I mean I so guess it's, it's confusing, but I think that but I think it's confusing in a way that makes you I think by disrupting your train of thought it makes you think about it harder. Well and it makes the what makes it work f- for me is knowing the backstory of Levine and Takal actually have this exact relationship where they are both writers, directors, actors who appear in each other's films and yeah. who've like sort of switched positions depending on the project that they're working on. And I, I but I think I think that's I think that's obvious without knowing the backstory. Like cuz I didn't know the backstory until the end. Like mm-hmm. I didn't start looking at and, they- and I but I kind of put together that okay, whoever's making this film is speaking from a personal place about making a film that speaks from a person. It's, it's all, it's so meta. It's yeah. like a thing within a thing is worlds within worlds. No, I think that there are, I think, and, I think that there are several and, layers, but, but there's, but they also do really fun shit, which is like, I mean, yeah. at times it's kind of obvious. But it's like, annoying at the beginning. You're talking about the film. No, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm talking about things they do that add to the meta-ness of it okay. all. Um, like whenever they have to abandon the dolly shot in the final shot and mm. take it handheld, then the film, that we're watching is also handheld, handheld from yeah, that point yeah. and i don't know stuff like that little just, tricks little tricks that yeah. makes it very interesting uh i i also thought speaking to the first half of the film i don't know that i've ever seen a dysfunctional relationship between two romantic partners without being cartoonish be so concisely set up like you know from like the first sentences they speak to each other that they don't really like each other all that right much. and that right. shit is like they're a bickering great. couple yeah but and they do it but real I, well. i've been around those couples oh, no, no, they, they do it really well they do it really really well I, and i'm probably the only person that like fucking thought this watching it but watching uh christopher abbott do like bonavere cosplay yeah. <laughs> as like this guy who's wearing a flannel in a cabin in the woods playing uh, guitar before that was bon Iver cosplay that was like grunge cosplay but let, we'll give it to bon Iver. Well, well no but because of the style of music or <laughs> yeah, because of the yeah, style yeah. he's playing or whatever yeah. um and then i already made the the yodorowsky com- comparison but the last two like real notes that i like wanted or real two things points that i wanted to get to was one I've never seen such a dysfunctional film set. There are so many people proving themselves to be utterly useless on the set of this film. Which is purposeful. Which is purposeful, but it's like, infuriating like, like, the, like the script supervisor is such yeah. a well she's so ridiculous she got super she's high and super can't high. even stay on the page yeah. that they're on and, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and also shannon o'neill the the woman who is the boom mic operator yeah. from the chris gethard show she was uh she's like his oh, co-host okay. on the chris gethard show everybody should watch the chris gethard show it's I've, like i've seen some episodes. joyous television <laughs> it's and, fun and she's really funny in this despite not like having having a ton to do but just yeah. like 
even when other people are talking, if you're watching her, like her facial, like the way she's reacting, it <laughs> was really good and like really, uh, like very natural and like intuitive. Uh, I would like to see her in more things. And then the last thing is, uh, that I've always liked Aubrey Plaza and things. I think she's like a very charismatic on screen pre- uh, presence. She's in a way like the female Keanu Reeves, uh, up until this hmm. point in her career, at least like she's never giving like some incredible transformative performance uh-huh. where you're like really seeing her like with her acting chops. Like mm-hmm. she's not like a Daniel day Lewis or anything like that, but she no. is, she, but has, she'll she do ha- uh, like a car chase on horseback. Like nobody's business. I, don't know what you're talking about. I don't you either. said she's the Keanu Reeves of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I couldn't put piece it all together. Uh, but, but no, I say that in that she like is she has a thing going and uh-huh. she's like good at doing that and you like watching her do that. Right. But in this movie, when she almost fucking kills Blair, when she's like beating the shit out of her, yeah. goes upstairs and has to come back and do it again, the skill that it takes as an actor to act like you're acting. Yeah. And act like you're acting different ways. Right. And make it believable when, like, the first time you're acting is very genuine. And then the second time you're acting, you're trying to be genuine again, but you're, like, very clearly act Like, those layers of yeah. performance is, like, crazy how well she does yeah. it. Yeah. From someone who you haven't really seen act at this level in her at this point, pretty long career. I mean, she's sure. been at it for like, or she's been like a it's, person. I will agree. Like it's definitely years. a more challenging role for her than but I. But she like fucking crushes it yeah, in yeah. a way that I did not expect her to. I expected her to be Aubrey Plaza in a creepier setting. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, she, but she she accelerates her abilities. She does, in, in and film, I was no very impressed by it. There it, are bits and pieces that are very impressive. Um, I have a question. Okay. In the end of part two, after the last scene, and she fucking nails it, and they bring her back to do a thing, and the director is calls for the um, they they want to get some ambient room noise, yeah, room yeah, tone. room tone, and so you see him comforting his wife, who's fucking up the room tone, but is also like making sure that the job is getting done. He takes her upstairs, and they he admits there's a scene where they admit things to one another. She says. We killed those people. Oh, yeah. What was that line? No idea. Because to me, I, I, I my interpretation is that there's two of them. One is that either part one or part two is the finished product, and part and the other part is a rough draft. Hmm. Um, in a writing exercise. Okay. Um, or we're seeing, and the reason why is because there's no miscarriage at the end of part two. I mean, there's elements right, of what right. happened no in part one in part right. two. At least not that, that they they, nobody that speaks it or says it. Sure, so, doesn't say, and no. she's also drinking heavily, much heavier than Blair was in part oh, one. Oh, it's all it's all mirrored together. Right, and that's what's so fascinating but, but about it. How do they connect? Yeah. And they do connect because the writer is too smart to not have connected them together. And I right. think that it's one of those films like Citizen Kane and the opulent awesomeness that it always gives whenever you watch it every single time <laughs> that this movie bears repeated viewing. And I can't wait to tackle it again. I watched this one alone and this is going to be one where I sit my fiance down next to me and say, I think you're really going to like this. Right. Yeah, I don't 
I definitely don't have have all the answers yeah. to you some of the questions. Call us, but that's why David well, and I come here every week. Poses, <laughs> but but they're long. So good. It was so good. I. Lo- it was really good. It was a thought provoking film. Uh, David think, didn't like it as much as we did. Carlos. I think it intentionally wants us left with a lot more questions than answers. Which I agree. Which that's, I which I like. Also, there's. <laughs> There's this show on CBS called The Unicorn. Uh, have y'all heard of the show? No. It stars Walt. You have heard of the show? I have. Okay. It stars Walton Goggins, uh, but it's not important. It's a, a mostly about these like groups of families, and the parents are all friends with each other. Anyway, there's a portion of that show where Rob Corddry loses his job and is trying to find another job. He and he's going to interview at like a tech startup where everyone's re- really young and he's like the o- oldest per- he'll he if he gets the job he'll be the oldest person there by like 15 years. So he's dressed in like a hoodie and like jeans and he's got a beanie on sure. and he asks his wife like it's just this look like I'm trying too hard like I always like want to fit in with the kids or whatever and he's wearing this beanie and she's like I'll lose the beanie you're going to a job interview and he was like but it's a beanie that has a beanie on it. It's meta. The kids love meta, you know? And then he goes to the job interview and the guy that brings him in from the lobby into the interview is wearing a beanie that has a beanie on it. And, and Rob Corddry says to him, Hey man, I like your beanie. And he was like, yeah, it's meta. And he goes, I know. The reason I bring that up is because I'm kids. I like meta. <laughs> I like meta so much. I think, this, I think you'll definitely like this movie. And this well, movie hey, is so you, meta. You didn't like meta that much when it was Mank. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Was, <laughs> I want to move on to the beer, but before we do, Carlos, are there any movie reviews of the film that you want to read out loud? I'm not doing that. Again. No. Okay. Y'all were mad at me the first half. No one got mad. I didn't. And, 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 Everyone for the went, record, uh, and for the record, I did like the film because it, w- w- one of the last comments there was that I don't think David likes the film. I like. No, as much as we did. I get I, I like the Associated Press I mean, says I, it's I like, cringy and enthralling. It's three <laughs> dig themselves into deeper and deeper holes, and you begin to wish for any kind of release. All right. That's a all right. That's a good, that's a a good, good review. Good yeah. yeah. We just nice. come on, read blurbs, drink more beer. There you go. And that's hey. the show. That's the after hours. This is just us reading reviews that's right. of no, the films that we've folks. already reviewed. It's, it is fresh original content. Uh <laughs> just like this not fresh black butte that we're drinking. <laughs> I have no problems with this beer at all, David. No problems. I I don't hate it. It's it's not that I hate it. Um, but but I do think I can detect some of that oxid oxidization, oxidization some soyness going on. Yeah, it's eleven point six on the bottle. It does it increase in alcohol content no, as you age no. it? You, well, it's no, like no sedentary fermentation. So. Well, no? if it did, that bottle would have exploded already after yeah. four years. Five years, but it is a rich and it dark. I mean, rich. I've had the Black Butte over the years, yeah. and uh, is it one that you look forward to, kind of thing? You seek it out every year to I, add to your collection. I like it, and in, 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 at one time it was one that I would buy a couple bottles and stash one away. Now it's one that I'll buy the bottles and just drink them. Yeah, yeah. There's a soy component to this. Now yeah. that you put that into my head, and there's a little bit. I, I imagine that. Um, it loses points for that. Well, it's, but it's, no, it doesn't lose. We should not dock it points. What we should dock points for is the aging concept. I mean, there are very few yeah, beers. There this are is your very, platform. It is at this point. I have t- I've tried it out. I I'm one of the people. I've gone there. I've done it, and I've come back. And what I have to say is, it does not gain you anything. It, it like in and except in the case of lambic beers. 
Yeah, no, there there are some. Uh-oh. There are probably oh. a f- there are pro- <laughs> there are probably a few that can like sort of just change over time, and but the change almost always takes it in a direction that is not as good as the original place it started. For, Do you think that we're me. trying to give wine characteristics to beer sometimes? Wine aging is a real thing. There's a chemical process going on inside of a bottle, yeah. and we'd like to duplicate that notion. We'd like to think that beer is attains that level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is that well, as sophisticated and I, as... And but, we, there's, but then somebody pours a beer into a bowl of crunch berries, and we realize beer is not sophisticated. Well, beer is stupid. No, I think beer. Beer is I, all. Of I it. think there's I mean, a, no. There's well, a spectrum. Wine is dumb too. I mean, there's two buck chuck if you want to go that route, and then Franzia. there's yeah, right. I mean, Slap there's the Boone's bag. Farm. There's you know, like you can do that sort of stuff. But you, you know, I I just I think you're right, Joe. I think that part of the aging thing, and you know what, I I'm somebody who is uh, I believe that everybody's palate is valid for whatever it is. And if there are people out there who really feel like aging their beer is giving them a better sure. experience. Sure. Or if they have fun doing it. Awesome. Go nuts. But I've tried it enough myself where I feel like I almost never gain it, anything. It's a Pumpkin wasted hater. resource it's, to you. Why am I, why am I, why am I, why am I squirreling now? this thing away? Yeah. So that I can have and my an cash is gone. experience. Yeah. The yeah. cash is gone, but right. I'm going to temper so wait, myself. Yeah. All the, right. The, Beautiful. Uh, Aging a pumpkinator is pretty decent because sometimes the spice is a little hot at first. I, I agree. And it, it, I think with super boozy beers, and this one doesn't come off boozy at all. No. Like 11.6. Despite being pretty boozy. So yeah. that that is probably some of the positive aging that goes on here. But right, um, right now, I'm Almost cracking open. Almost 45 minutes into our review, David has opened a rogue beer. I'm, well, I'm opening a current version of the black butte this oh. is 32 well, thank you this is the imperial porter and this one has coffee vanilla nutmeg and orange peel aged in rum barrels so orange this is the one that just came out this year 2020 i'm going to take a taste of this and i want you all to to see if to the, the aging same, to just say like well hey come on do you enjoy this more than that aged version that we just drank yeah it is a slightly different i mean it's slightly different beer. it is it's not the rose it's not the apricot it's but Oh, it's such a better beer. Barrels. It's such a better beer. I love a good scientific experiment on this show. All right. Mm. Hold on. Pull it up. Pull it up. Now, I'm spelling fish sauce with this one. Is that normal? <laughs> yeah. On, this is actually meant to be worked into a pad thai. You cannot really drink this on its own. On a slightly... God, it smells good. Slightly unrelated note. Fish sauce is the foulest smelling thing, I think, on Earth. But it's delicious when you use it correctly. I don't disagree with that. But when you... Could go to restaurants, A, uh, <laughs> safely, and B, would order pho. The first thing that they'll bring you is like bean sprouts, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some... Some basil, chopped up jalapeno, cilantro. basil, yeah, cilantro. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, basil, yeah. Basil. Yeah. David and I have done a whole pho journey, Carlos. I what was there for know? some of it, okay? He did, he did show up for I did pho. show up for he some. He showed up for so, some pho. Poison you know. sauce. Um, but, poison. But then poison. fish sauce. Yeah. yeah. So the first thing before you even get your fucking food is a big... Of like shit. It smells like shit. It's terrible smelling, and it's pungent. It's stings the muscles. Give yeah. me the food first, where I can smell all that delicious broth. All well, that you know, I, just to put it out there, I know you you apologized earlier for the racket comment, but you know, listen, our, our loyal listener Larry out in San Diego. 
he has a fish sauce fish sauce business. Mm. I just want to let him know. Carlos is talking not about his, for both of us. It's not three of us. his fish sauce no. that we're talking about. It's Yours not. is expertly balanced, has perfect. Interestingly, <laughs> interestingly okay. Larry's fish okay. sauce smells like coffee, vanilla, nutmeg, <laughs> and orange peel. But guys, drinking this fresh, it's better. Yeah, it's, it's better. better. It's better. It's better. So it's I mean, better, but I'm not tasting a huge. It's not a taste difference. There's a freshness difference. There's a crispness in this. Well, beer there you that go. The, the other one got more dull in that bottle over time. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's the case or not. I, I I actually, when you first started saying that, I thought I was going to disagree with you. I actually do agree with you. But there is a, a taste difference as well. Yeah. Not, I mean, not just because of it being in a different barrel with different things or whatever, but. Now having this after the oh, older one, yeah. it's only making the soyness of the older one more obvious. Right. Yeah, there you go. That is then, I said crispness, but the, you're right. The, the soy sauce. Now I'm realizing in hindsight, yeah. hindsight being five minutes ago, yeah. that there was more of that flavor. Right. So whether anyway. you're drinking a black butte or you're watching a black bear, it's always going to be the fresher, the first. Story. Oh, which one was your favorite? Because he said the Black Bear, Black Butte thing. We specifically picked other half over a different beer because of the combination or the tie-in, which we never made. Oh, right. Because saying that he was seeking no, we didn't his drink other that half, beer. right? No, yeah. we drank the other half. We, Did, Joe, for the that first was the episode. other half. Okay, this yeah. is the yeah. other half. We, we didn't make the connection. It wasn't a strong one. It was a fine one. Um, I loved this experiment. And I think that in the future, mm-hmm. we should drink two beers per episode every single time. I mean, two beers per segment <laughs> every single time. That's and one should be an age president. version of the other one. Yeah, right. Sure. right. That's yeah. A, that, is, that will be difficult. We will need help from our listeners to pull that off. Uh, mm-hmm. Assuming that a vast majority of our listeners are actively aging beer. I can tell um, you're trying to move on. I just want to say I haven't had an El Chingon in about six months. Oh, I have an El Chingon story for the after hours episode. Right, okay. Uh, yeah. okay. I'm oh, trying to refine shit. my taste and I'm I'm cutting four corners out. Sorry, four corners. Uh, Joe, I love that for you, honestly. Yeah, I really do. Um, I'm always trying to be a better person. Aren't we all? Um, are you aging beer? Have you seen any of these films? Uh, do you like other half? Have you had anything from Deschutes? You got to let us know. Let us know what you think about all of the above. You can find us on all of your uh, favorite or preferential social media channels, Twitter at Beer Movie Show, Instagram at Beer and Movie, Facebook.com slash Beer and Movie TX, Beer and Movie Podcast.com is where you can find a link to listen to all of our past episodes absolutely for free. I think we have been working on the website a little bit, so don't uh, hold me to that one. Uh, but Patreon.com slash Beer and Movie Podcast is where you can find our weekly bonus episodes, which we have referenced numerous times during this episode, in which we will be unpacking. Packing further Sound of Metal, Black Bear, Other Half's Galaxy and Strata, and the Deschutes Black Butte series, as well as the aging concept of beer. Is beer stupid or is it sophisticated? Is it both? We will unpack where it sits. There's uh, a spectrum, Carl. There's a spectrum to everything. Yeah, that's true. Um, but these are the types of things that happen on the Patreon. Uh, for $5 a month, you get a free, or not a free. Uh, for $5 a month, you get a bonus episode to go along with the free episodes we post every week. Um, you can donate less if you'd like, but it won't get you those bonus episodes. You'll just be able to feel like you've done something good in the world. Uh, you can donate more, too, if you really got it like that. Um 
and you'll still get the episodes that everybody else uh, gets. Um, we're having great conversations over there in the comments section about Ted Lasso. <laughs> uh, so, you know, keep an eye out for that. Uh, this has been another fantastic, groundbreaking, iconic episode of Beer in a Movie. Until next time. Like, what does it matter? What does it matter? It just passes. Yo, if I disappear, like, who cares? Nobody cares, man. Seriously, yo, and that's okay. That's life. That's life. No, for real, okay? It just passes. It fucking, it fucking passes. (laughs) 